welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 15th of July 2012, entitled, Why Today is the Most Important Day of Your Life, and the Bible reading is taken from Psalm 118, verse 24. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. A very good evening to everyone. Um, hope you've had a nice day today. We had a lovely time this morning uh, in Dudley. Um, not just because it's Dudley, but um, a lovely fellowship. It's only small. Um, it was about to close down, actually. Um, but uh, a couple have, um, have just come in, a new couple there, and uh, they've sort of revived the work there, and they're doing some uh, outreach as well quite, quite often um, on a Friday. So um, keep them in prayer. And I'd just like to uh, thank you for all those that have been praying for me, especially on Friday. I had a day off, um, but it wasn't really a day off for me. Um, it was not a time of great relaxation, I can say. But um, I passed my driving test. And, uh, you know, when I tell people that I passed my driving test, you know, sometimes they go white in their faces and they think, what have you been doing for all these years? You know, but, um, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just thankful for all your prayers. And uh, I did pass with flying colours. And uh, I put that down to uh, to your prayers, and um, you know, to see how far I can go with uh, with this, and if, if it's the Lord's will. Um, but I just want to thank you uh, for hearing, for, for for praying for me, and uh, I know that uh, Peter forgot to pray for me, but he prayed for me later. But we've been praying on Wednesday nights. That's the main thing, isn't it? Right. Okay. Well, I'd just like um, to bring a message this evening. And hopefully it'll be a message of encouragement to us all, because we all need this. Uh, and the question here, or the statement, is why today is the most important day of your life. And um, I'd just like to read one verse, um, if you'd like to stand. It's only one verse. Psalm 118 and verse 24. And the psalmist says, This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please be seated. I wonder, have you ever thought to yourselves, which, when you look back over your lives, you know, some of us have lived a bit longer than others, but when you look back, which has been the most important day of your life? Um, was it your marriage? Was it the day that you, uh, you got wed with that person that you, uh, you love? Um, Maybe it was a job that you got. Maybe it was an exam that you passed. Maybe it was your conversion. Maybe it was the day that you became a Christian. Um, you know, we could probably all come up with different days um, that were very important in our lives. But I would just like us to look at this scripture tonight and a few of us and for us just to think that today is the most important day of your life. The 15th of July. 2012. And uh, I want to give four reasons why. The first one is because today is the day of repentance. It's the day of salvation. A couple of scriptures. Um, if you are not a Christian here this morning, this will apply to you. Um, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, what's the next word? 
Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not the week after, not when we've finished our exams, not when we've finished doing what we're doing, no. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. The 15th of July, 2012. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, uh, sorry, this evening, today is the day of salvation. Uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 30 says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31, Because he have appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. question I have right now is, have you been born again? Has there ever been a day in your life where you said to Jesus, I repent of my sins and I turn to you to save me? Has there ever been a day in your life like that? Because if, if there has been, praise God, that was a great day. If today is the day, praise God, this can be the greatest day of your life. What are some reasons why people... Try to put the decision off until another day. Well, let me just go through uh, three reasons. The first one, maybe the time is not convenient yet. The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You don't know if you have another day upon this earth. Yesterday, we were in the city center, and, um, you know, we, uh, we spoke with, um, with many people. And, uh, you know, some people... Um, they seem interested for a, a few moments and while you're speaking to them, but they'll go along their way and that may be the last time that they ever really think about being saved. But that might have been the day where they have that opportunity to turn to Christ and get saved, born again. You never know what a day is going to hold. You never know if you're going to be here tomorrow. Remember, the Bible says that our life is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And you may be a young person here this morning, uh, sorry, this evening. You haven't got tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe you might say, well, I'll, I'll come to Christ when I am ready, when, I, when the time's right for me. Well, Jesus says, no man can come to me except the Father which have sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. You see, we can't come to Jesus just when we feel like it. <laughs> no. The Bible says that the Father will draw us. That's the time. No man can come to me, Jesus, uh, Jesus says, except the Father draw him. Maybe the Lord is drawing you. Maybe somebody listening to this message this evening is drawing you to Christ tonight. You need to take hold of his salvation today. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You may also say, well, I want to enjoy my riches first. I want to enjoy all that I've got. And then I'll make that decision. Maybe at the end of my life. When I'm going to hand all over my possessions to somebody else. Well, the Bible says, riches profit not in the day of wrath but righteousness delivereth from death. 
Don't presume to have another day. Today is the day. So today is the day of repentance. Not only is it important, this is the, the important day of your life because of repentance, but secondly, today is the day of rejoicing. We've just been singing this evening. This is the day. This is the day. If you're a Christian here this evening, God's word teaches you that today is the day that you should rejoice. You know that many Christians are not rejoicing tonight. You know, many Christians are thinking, well, if only I had this, or if only I had that, if only this circumstance was different in my life, or if only that was different in my life, then I, I would have time to rejoice. No, the Bible says, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The 15th of July, 2012. This is the day to rejoice. Not when everything seems to be great. Not when everything seems to be just lining up in order. No. The Bible says today is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Today. Right now. And he says we will. You see there's a willful will there, isn't there? We will rejoice and be glad in it. Praise the Lord. What do we have to be joyful in? Well, if we as Christians can't be joyful, then there is not much hope for those outside. We have the greatest gift that we could ever receive in salvation. And if we can't rejoice in our salvation, what we have, that eternal gift, if we can't rejoice in that, there is something seriously wrong. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice in it. You know that as Christians, we, we often regret what's happened in the past. And we often fear what's going to happen in the future. And it stops us from rejoicing today in the Lord. That's very true. You know, the pastor's often said, and we've heard it being spoken from this pulpit many times, that we often worry about things that never even happen. And we waste time. I, I, do, I do it and I've done it myself. God, please deliver me. The Bible says, this is the day which, we, which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I wonder this evening, are we listening to lies? Are we listening to... Maybe lies that the devil is speaking to us about. Telling us that we're no good. Telling us that we're useless. Telling us that we should be better than this. Telling us that what are we wasting our time for being Christians, being mocked at? It happens, doesn't it? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The Bible says that all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you're a Christian here this evening, you are a new creature in Christ. You are not what you used to be. God has given you spiritual life. You are a new creature in Christ. And we need, you need, and we need 
all of us to remember that. We can also rejoice that we can be in his presence. You know, last night when we were in uh, the residential home, we were trying to um, remind or trying to tell these people that um, God has said in his word that he will never forsake us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he's promised always to be there for us. Um, We often forget that verse, don't we? Um, And we get our eyes off the Lord and we often put them upon our circumstances. Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist says, In thy presence is fullness of joy. You know why we often don't experience joy in the Lord is because we don't spend those times in his presence. You know, sometimes we need to be quiet. Um, There's a scripture that says, um, be still and know that I am God. But you know, we're living in a world where everything is rushing around. I know that quite well. Even though I only work five days a week, you know, it's like I'm working seven days a week sometimes. Just part of the job. But, you know, we need to spend that time with the Lord. We need to be quiet and we need to meditate upon his word. And we just need to be in his presence and rejoice in him. Psalm 119, verse 164, the psalmist says, Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. And you may be saying tonight, well, you don't understand my circumstances. You're not going what through I'm, what I'm going through. You, you're, not a, you're not experiencing what, well, maybe I'm not. Maybe I will do one day, I don't know. Maybe I won't. But I do know that it's not me that you should be trusting in. It's in God's word. And he says here, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He is able. He is able, even even in times of heaviness, to make us rejoice. Let's just turn to uh, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. And there seems to be, you may think, a contradiction here, but it's not a contradiction. We can still rejoice, even in hard times. Verse 5, Peter says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, things that come against us, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. In verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So it's possible, even in times of heaviness, to rejoice in the Lord. Why today is the most important day of your life? Thirdly, because today is the day of his return. Well, you might be thinking, hang on a minute, you're just doing what Harold Camping did, aren't you? 
back there in the States last year? Well, no, I'm not, actually, uh, because Scripture teaches us that the church is to live in the light of the imminent return of Jesus Christ. He may return on the 15th of July, 2012. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, Paul says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And then it says, And we shall be changed. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Just when we think, just when we start to sleep, just when we start to relax, the Lord is going to come back. He's going to come like a thief in the night. And many people are not going to expect it. 2 Peter 3 and verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief, in the night. You know, last year, the, we, um, a lot of us hear, heard about that uh, man from America who uh, quite a few times has made predictions about when the Lord Jesus Christ is coming, and he gave dates. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't arrive. Well, that's not down to Harold Camping. That's because of the Lord. That's his timing. His ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. He will come when the time is right. But we're to live in the imminent expectation that he's going to come at any time. Today is the day of his return. That's how we should be living. Why doesn't the Bible give us a date for his return? Well, he may just find us sleeping. He may just do. If we had a date and we knew that Jesus Christ was coming maybe at the end of July, Maybe we would just take it easy for a few days and we say, well, I'm just going to you know, take it easy now. Outreach next? No, we won't go on outreach. We'll go on the last, go on the last day. And maybe that'll be the day. That, that, that'll be the day, the last uh, Saturday in July when the, when the Lord's going to come back and I'll be out there. I'll be, I'll be in the streets and the Lord will come back. No, he doesn't give us a date. He, give, he doesn't give us a date because he wants us to be ready right now. This is the day. He wants us to be ready. I wonder this evening, are you living this day as though Christ may appear at any moment? You know, the church is not told to look for a date, but we are told that we are to look up and to wait for him. I've got a, a photograph at home on my computer, and um, it's a photograph that I took of Yuffie. And um, he was in Wales. I took this photograph of him, and I got really close up to him. And uh, I must have thrown a ball up in the air or something. But he is like that. And his eyes are wide open, and he's looking right up into the sky. I think he's looking at the ball. But when I look at that photograph, it makes me think about how the Christians should be. We should be looking up, and we should be expecting Christ's return at any time. That's how we should be living be today. And fourthly, why today is the most important day of your life is because today is the day of reaping. Uh, if today is the most important day because of the imminent return of Christ, today should be important for reaping those who are outside of his salvation. The question I have this evening is, where were you yesterday? Now, I know that some people were able to get out on the outreach because of all different 
uh, reasons and some of them are good. But if we can get out there, why don't we go? That could be the last time, the last day, the last opportunity that these people will ever get to hear the gospel. You know, yesterday, it's one of the most blessed outreaches that I've ever been on. And one of the reasons is, is because I met uh, three people yesterday, three different people, all from the Middle East. One, um, two were, uh, were a couple from Kuwait. One was a lady who um, had a full face covering, Muslim lady, and um, her husband. And I was able to give them uh, a leaflet about salvation. And, um, you know, when she, um, when she heard that this was all about um, a Muslim man who became a Christian, she gave me the track back and she pointed over opposite where we were to another table where the Muslims were. Well, that's her opportunity, you know? But she had, she's had an opportunity to listen. But unless I was out there, unless we were out there yesterday, she wouldn't have had that opportunity. But she's had it. There was uh, two men from Oman yesterday. You know that um, some of these countries, if you proselyze a Muslim in their countries, it's, it's, it's death, death penalty. Sharia law forbids proselyzing Muslims. But when they're over here, we can do it. We have that freedom in this land right now to tell a Muslim that Muhammad got the wrong message. And we can tell them what Jesus did for them. And yesterday, it must have been about half an hour, I was able to share with these two Muslims, and I'm sure that they have never heard these things before, what they were being told yesterday. And, you know, I was very, very straight with these Muslims, and I just told them that Muhammad gave you the wrong message. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Yes, he did. He is the Son of God. Yes, he is. Why? I don't know. I don't understand it fully. But the scriptures teach it. And I was able to show him yesterday that Jesus Christ was born miraculously for a virgin birth. He believes that Jesus was born from a virgin. But it's not really forty out. If Jesus is born from a virgin, then he must be without sin. And the only person that without sin is God. Jesus Christ is God. And I was able to share with him yesterday that Jesus' life didn't start in Bethlehem. He was with the Father. He is the word that was with the Father in the beginning. And he came to this earth for a certain short time to die on a cross for our sins and your sins. And he's died and he rose again and he's coming back. And I said to him, you know, the day of judgment's going to come. You're going to stand in front of Jesus Christ and he is going to judge you. And I said that Jesus Christ won't be weighing your good deeds and your bad deeds up on a scale. He won't be doing that. The only thing you will be judged upon is whether you've accepted his free gift of salvation in Jesus. And I was able to share that gift. And if we weren't out there yesterday, he would have never heard that. He may have gone back to his homeland to a man and he probably would never have heard that because most of the people in his country, um, most of the Christians are expatriates. They're working in that country. But they're not allowed to proselyze. And it's certainly not going to come from his own people. And last night we were in the residential home. 
And you know, there were a handful of residents there last night, elderly people. But you know that one of the workers, one of the staff came in to sit down with one, with one of the residents who was trying to um, disrupt the meeting a little bit. But she's from Yemen. You know who came from Yemen in the Bible? The Queen of Sheba. Remember the Queen of Sheba? She went to Jerusalem. She went to meet with uh, Solomon. And she saw the greatness and she saw the wisdom that she had. And I believe that she went back to her land and she told her people all about the God of Israel, the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those people out there in Yemen have known the truth. But she may never have heard it. But last night, she heard the gospel message. Maybe like she's never heard it before. But she heard the truth last night. It's called Layla. Please pray for her this week. Pray that she may even come into a meeting again. We were able to give her some uh, material last night to, to read. But the psalmist says in Psalm 96, verse 2 and 3, he says, Show forth his salvation from day to day. Not once a month when we go on the outreaches. Not every February when we have the, um, the conference. No, day to day. Yes, please do come out every month when we have the outreach. Please do come out when we have the conference. Day to day, the psalmist says, show forth thy salvation from day to day. In verse 3, he says, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. We have in Birmingham today all people from all different nations. You can't go to those nations today, many of those nations, and freely tell them that Muhammad was wrong and Jesus was right. You can't do that, but you can do it in Birmingham. You can. It's, you can freely share the, God, the, the truth of the gospel message with these people. It's great. Psalm 71, verse 15, the psalmist says, My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation. How often? All the day. Do you know how many souls actually pass into eternity in one hour? You know, we've probably been in this church maybe about an hour. Yeah, just over one hour. Do you know how many people in this country have actually passed into eternity? Well, they reckon it's 56 people every hour. They go into a lost eternity, many of them never to return, never to hear and to have a chance of repenting again. They've had their day. That may have been a day where you could have been out there on the streets or at work or wherever you are. That could have been the day that they had to hear the gospel message. 56 people every hour. In the world, it's supposed to be 56,000 306. Romans 9, verse 2, Paul says this. He says, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. We see here that Paul indicated that every day the weight of concern grew heavier and heavier for the lost. Which of us dare 
to have that testimony without a sense of guilt. You know, when we first got saved, we were eager to tell other people about the Lord Jesus. But you know, as time has gone by and those years, we lose it. Shouldn't be. We should be as ever zealous to tell people about Jesus as we, on the first day that we got saved as we are today. If we're not, we need to put it right. We need to put that right. When was the last day that we not only spoke to someone, but when did we actually pray for an opportunity? You know, if you pray for an opportunity, God is not going to let you down. He's not. Jesus said, and this is the last verse of Scripture tonight, Say not ye that there are four yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. The fields are white right now. They're ready for harvest. The only reason that the Lord hasn't come back yet, I believe, and I believe that the Bible teaches it very clearly, is because he is long-suffering. He is a patient God, and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he's waiting. He's waiting for souls to come to him. And when the last one comes in, that will be it. He will come back. May we be those tonight that live this day as though it is the most important day of our life. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you tonight for your precious word. And Lord, we do just want to say, Lord, that you will forgive us, Lord, for not living, Lord, in the light of, of, of the truth, this simple truth, dear Lord, that this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, Lord, whatever the circumstances may be around us, whatever we may be going through, Help us, dear Lord, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. Help us, we pray, Lord, to, to rejoice in our Saviour. We have everything that we need to rejoice. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.